0: Hi, my name's Xavier George and welcome to this week's episode of Anything But Square. It's Open House, Melbourne and we are delighted to bring you a special back of house tour recording from Fed Square's Facilities Manager, Colin McAvoy. Hello, my name's uh, Colin McAvoy. I'm the Facility Manager here at uh, Fed Square. Uh, and today I'm going to be taking you on a, a tour through uh, through Fed Square and uh, have a look at the. Behind the scenes, I suppose, or back of house, and uh, some things that will be uh, hopefully you'll find quite interesting. So, before we do that, I normally like to tell the, the tour group some history about Fed Square. Some things that some people aren't really aware of was this used to be the site of uh, the morgue from about the 1850s through to, to about the 1950s. And then after that, the gas and fuel building used to be situated where the Alfred Deacon building currently is. And that was there for about 30 years. And then by the late nineties, the then government decided to uh, run a competition regarding uh, the design of what you see now of Fed Square. So the the square itself took around about uh, five years to build. Uh, One year of that five years was purely just on the deck. So the deck that we're standing on right now is actually built over a number of railway lines uh, and most of the work had to be done at night because they had to shut down the train services so they could actually uh, do a lot of that work. So I always often refer to Fett uh, as the world's biggest trampoline. Uh, and what I mean by that is the, the slab that we're actually standing on uh, is based on a number of what we call crash walls that are located on the ground and run parallel to a number of the train lines. On top of those uh, crash walls are a number of uh, springs or pads and then on top of them are a number of uh, steel beams. So those steel beams, there's about 3,000 tonnes of steel beams there. And on top of those steel beams then is is the slab that pretty much that we're standing on right now. So the whole idea of those uh, springs and vibration pads is to to minimise the the noise and the vibration that comes from uh, this sort of setting to the tendencies like ACME and SBS. Um, And that's it, we'll head down to, um, we'll start the tour down at the North Trench. So we're um, we're down in the North Trench. Uh, The North Trench is one of three trenches at Fed Square and we refer to them as a trench as such. It's actually uh, terra firma or that we're on the ground as such. Um, and we're surrounded by a number of crash walls. So these crash walls are the walls I mentioned earlier that are actually holding up Fed Square and run parallel to a number of the train lines. The reason why we call them crash walls is that they're actually intentionally designed so that if a train was to derail and it hit one of the walls, the structure above us wouldn't actually fall in. Uh, so it's been, it's been designed in that, in that regards. So generally here in the North Trench, we have a number of, of fairly large infrastructure. All of our um, cabling and, and water uh, runs through the North Trench. So you can just hear the trains running past us right now. So we also have a number of um, water tanks down here. So we have approximately about, uh, I think it's last count, we're up to about 80 water tanks, um, which is around about just over 100,000 litres of water that we capture. So they are all situated down here, and the water uh, that is captured is the water that is captured off the Alpha Deacon roof. Uh, so when it rains, that roof captures that rainwater and it all gets diverted down to these tanks. From here, the water from these tanks is then used to flush our public toilets, which we have uh, a number of them, two of them on, in Fed Square, and then we also uh, utilise this water for a number of toilets within a number of the tenancy buildings as, as well. So these tanks actually got installed after the fact, after Fed Square was built, Um, I believe it was around the 2008 period or so when Victoria was going through a heavy drought that these tanks got installed. So I think uh, from the Water um, Utilities Bill usage from 2010 to comparing that to now, we're uh, saving around about 50% of our our usage in in water uh, with the use of, uh, of these tanks. So, the, you may also pick up uh, there's a, quite a distinctive smell down here as well. So, down here are a number of our sewer or greasy waste pits. The greasy waste pits are pits that capture uh, the water and all the, 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 should I say, the, the, the sewer lines and stuff from a number of food and beverage tenancies. We're talking about the stuff from their sinks and that they don't go straight out to the sewer plant. They go into a greasy waste trap. And what we do on a regular basis is we have, at night time, we have a truck that comes along and uh, empties the greasy waste pit uh, so it can continue to, um, to function. Okay, we'll continue on our walk up to the end of um, the North Trench and uh, we'll come up via Russell Street Extension. So we've now just come out of the um, North Trench and we're actually on Russell Street extension so facing eastward as such, Uh, looking over an area that has long been talked about at Fed Square called Fed Square East, which is an area that um, covers the extension of Russell Street all the way through to um, Exhibition Street. So virtually an area that continues the covering of the train lines Um, and it's an area that's long been talked about when Fed Square was first built and continues to be long talked about. For the moment though, it, uh, it's still very much a, um, in the planning phase, fa- I wouldn't even call it in the planning phase, it's in the conceptual stage as such. So we'll head around um, NGV now and walk up uh, the atrium. So we're now located in the, uh, I suppose my favorite part of Fed Square, the, the atrium. It's quite a large open space and it has, you know, one end of the atrium is just a, a big open area to the atmosphere as such. And then the other end we have uh, what we call Deacon Edge, which is our, uh, pretty much our only indoor hired space that, that we utilise. So the cool thing about the atrium is that uh, we use uh, a passive cooling displacement system to actually cool this area down. So the area is not cooled by, uh, I suppose, what you would call um, mechanical air conditioning. It's utilise, I suppose, technology that was invented hundreds of years ago by, I dare say, the Romans, although probably was uh, discovered by the Greeks even before then. So so through the summer period, we, I suppose, drag the air off the river at nighttime. Um, In Melbourne, we're quite lucky. Our summers tend to be a lot cooler at night. Uh, so we, through the use of fans, we're able to um, drag air off the river, which is a lot cooler. And we circulate that through what we call the labyrinth. So the labyrinth is made up of around about, oh, I think it's about 1.4k, 1.2k's worth of um, of walls or passageways. And there is a what we call a heat transfer. So the walls actually start to get cooler and cooler. And the air gets passed through this, this, this chamber or the, this maze as such. And what happens is the, the walls overnight get colder and colder. And then at, during the daytime, we do the exact same thing, but the air that we drag or the ambient air from outside, you know, it can be, let's say, 30 degrees. And as we're passing that through the labyrinth, there's another heat exchange. So what happens is the walls start to absorb the heat off the air. Therefore, the air starts to get colder and colder. And then the air comes up via a number of timber slats in the flooring of the um, atrium. So if if you're ever in uh, the atrium, you'll see these timber slats. If you open them up, there's probably about a half a metre underneath them that is just a void. And what we do is we pass air up via these timber slats and it's called passive air displacement because the velocity of the air is very slow moving. Because of this labyrinth, we're actually able to you know, put air into the atrium that's about 10 degrees cooler than the outside air. So if it's 30 degrees outside, we're actually able to pump about 20 degrees air inside the, um, uh, the atrium. So it's noticeably uh, cooler in the atrium during a hot summer's day in Melbourne. And we're lucky enough that you know the architects came up with this idea. I know at the time they were building Fed Square and there was a bit of um, conjecture of whether or not it would work, but the architects at the time thought we had the space because where the labyrinth actually sits is under the plaza itself. So half the plaza that you walk on, underneath that is the labyrinth. So it provides, you know, two functions. One, it's there's a structural function to it. You know, it holds up the plaza, but the second, um, Function is that it provides that, that cooling um, capacity for the, the atrium. So also at the top of the atrium, we have a number of louvered glass windows. So you can't actually, whilst you're standing in the atrium, you can't actually see them from the ground, but right at the top, we've got a number of louvered glass. So depending on certain temperatures, those louvered windows will actually open up and allow the hot air to escape while we're pumping the cold air uh, up by these timber slats and the, the, I suppose the really cool thing about this is from a green perspective we're probably saving around about oh, 90% uh, electricity cost if we were to use uh, typical air conditioning, uh, mechanical air conditioning that you would find in most buildings where you have big large uh, uh, chillers um, and cooling systems to cool an area of this of this size we're able to do that adequately using this uh, passive air displacement so we're now in um, the main plant room for the labyrinth uh, this plant room has the main air handling units which feed the air plenum or the air chambers that go into the uh, the atrium so you'll see as you look around, there's a, a fair amount of, uh, I suppose, what I'd call blue styrofoam or insulation. Very similar to what you'd probably have on your old eskies. And its, it's purpose really is to help with the, the heat and the cooling effect that goes on within the, um, the labyrinth. As you can see here, we've got a number of dampers that suck air through the, um, the labyrinth goes through these air handling units. So we've got a number of filters which filter the air and then from there they go up and then into the um, air plenum which feeds the atrium. So some of the, we're now actually on the plaza, standing above the the labyrinth itself. Some of the unique features about uh, Fed Square is the materials that have been used to actually, that you see all the time at Fed Square. So to distinguish Fed Square from, I suppose, the pavement that is around the rest of the CBD, um, the square itself is surfaced in uh, Kimberley Sandstone from Western Australia. So there's approximately about 500,000 cobblestones that have been laid throughout Fed Square. And no two are the same. So um, there's around about 50 different shades of red, cream, orange, pinks, So it's quite a fascinating uh, colour arrangement and we do actually have a uh, a map, a drawing of the arrangement of the cobblestones and we keep a number of these uh, colours in the back of sort of fed square area that allows us to, when we need to replace cobblestones, we can look at our little uh, diagram and from there we go to a Particular cart in our back of house area, and we're actually able to try to match the the cobblestone. So we don't just replace one cobblestone with just a different batch, they're very much, uh, we try as best as possible to match it with the like for like as such. The other really interesting thing about Fed Square is the facade. So the facade itself is made up of numerous triangles. I think uh, last count we were up to about 22,000 triangles, although I don't think anyone's actually really properly counted them, but that's what I've uh, found out, that we've got around about 22,000 triangles. And all the triangles are the same size and they all make bigger triangles. So the triangles are made up of three materials, uh, sandstone, perforated zinc, and uh, glass. If you look at it closely enough, you can sort of see a pinwheel uh, arrangement and the actual triangles themselves and, and how they get bigger and bigger and bigger. FedSquare's 360 virtual tour is now available on the FedSquare website. New episodes of Anything But Square are released every Wednesday. And we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast and sign up to our newsletter at fedsquare.com. Take care, and we'll see you next Wednesday.